0: Hello, and good day to everyone listening. I'm your host, Wendell Cohen, on Episode 2 of Season 2020. Briefly, I wanted to remind everyone that podcast apps on Google Play or iTunes are the best way to experience these broadcasts. Search for Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher apps and search for us there to subscribe. In addition, I'm excited to inform you we were approved on Apple Podcasts, so you can find us there now as well. Today's agronomy moment is focused on what is arguably the most critical component to growing crops weather. Joining me today is Michael Clark with BAM Weather. Many of you have heard of BAM Weather and maybe attended our customer meeting a few years ago where Mr. Clark was a guest speaker. Michael is from Whiteland, Indiana, where he went to high school and graduated in 2006. Michael has been obsessed with how weather impacts the economy for years. From the second grade where he had a weather station in his closet and beyond, Michael has been an avid learner of the atmosphere. He studied operational meteorology at Mississippi State University and worked alongside Fox 59 Chief Meteorologist Brian Wilkes in Indianapolis for three years, as well as filling in on work on TV from time to time. Now, Michael handles the operations side of the company, ensuring timely and accurate reports are issued to clients daily. His number one goal is to teach the weather forecast to you so you understand how to save and make money around an accurate and reliable weather forecast. Thank you, Michael, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on Agronomy Moment. It is always a pleasure to talk to you about your insight into this dynamic and ever-changing component of agriculture. Michael, I hope you and your family are staying healthy and mentally upbeat through this period of social distancing.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Wendell. It's been uh, it's been interesting, uh, obviously, uh, you know, all the, the social distancing stuff, but it's, it's, uh, we're doing okay. Everybody's healthy.
0: That's good. That's good to hear. I know um, there are those that it seems like that, especially those that have to stay indoors and don't have much to do because they've lost their job. Um, we're, you know, our hearts go out to those people and hope that they can stay mentally upbeat through all of this. Absolutely. What, yeah. What changes are you making as it relates to you and your team at work, or is it impacting your business at all? <clears throat> so,
1: you know, I'll be honest with you, we haven't been impacted as much because you know, every, everybody's still still farming and everybody's still, all the outdoor stuff is still kind of in that essential category, so everybody's still doing things and, and they're kind of being impacted, uh, you know, by the weather. So I, I think that, you know, fortunately we've been blessed. We haven't really taken any big hits. Now we are all working from home. Um, we've been working from home now since before the stay-at-home order was issued. We kind of we kind of acted prior to that because our team is we have a team of nine people, so we can't really afford to have anybody be sick. So we yeah. try to, you know, we try to keep it, uh, keep it cool. but working from home, you know, um, luckily for us, we still have all of our computer data. All of our equipment can be just as effective at home as it was at the office. So we've been okay. Thankfully.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's good to hear. And, uh, your type of work i guess with technology you can utilize that and and still move forward without hitch
1: exactly yes
0: yeah so your desire to help people understand weather forecasting tags right into the first topic i wanted to touch on how do we understand and interpret short medium and long-term weather forecasts and how do they differ from like let's say seasonal outlooks to make practical decisions on our farming operations
1: It's a really very good question because I feel like a lot of people are genuinely just misinformed on how a weather forecast actually works. Um, You know, the problem nowadays is everybody's got a weather app on their phone from, from a various number of weather providers that say they can get a forecast down to, you know, their address. Um, And while generalized ideas are possible, the way a weather forecast works really is to give you a kind of a, a six foot view. Um, you, you can't look at a weather forecast and, and take it verbatim. What I mean by that is you can't anticipate 1.27 inches of rain directly at your address because that's what the computer says. You might mm-hmm. get one point. You might get one inch. You might get 1.7 inches. The, the, the fact of the matter is is that the technology has never going to be that good you're never going to be able to say what's my backdoor weather What what's weather like at my and in, in my field at my farm you can sure. get as you know y- you can get down pretty good to within about a two mile radius and that's sure. that's e- that's even pushing it at times um so it's important you know if the high says it's going to be 91 it might be 95 or it might be 87 um yeah. And it's very important to understand that it's not the meteorologist, it's not the it's not the data. It's simply the technology. It's just it that's as good as it's ever going to get. Sure. Um, the further that you go out, five days, ten days, fifteen days, looking at the model at face value becomes very ineffective. What you have to start doing at that point is looking at trends and and looking at how the the run is is evolving over the course of, say, the last five runs versus just looking at the latest one. Um, Oftentimes in weather forecasting, the trend is much more important than the actual face value of the number. Um, Uh,
0: Just like in in markets, the trend is your friend and helps define the future because that's the best, you know, obviously the past is our best um, prediction of the future. It, it is it absolutely um
1: and, and you know a lot of computer models actually take into consideration statistical climatology i mean they use they use uh you know downscaling methods that take into account the last several years and how what the weather normally does you know so sure. the models actually do that um it's really quite simply it's it's pretty amazing that we can actually predict the weather um when you think about even just how down to the simplest part of even how a raindrop forms the fact that we can predict that is it's pretty crazy.
0: Um so so how does that so how is it far as um you know we're looking at short, medium these different weather forecasts and we, we get this forecast that, you know, there's a rain, cold risk coming up, let's just say Saturday night and we're sitting here at Wednesday um, if I hear the weather today, then I can just pretty much count on that. I just need to stop planting Saturday, right? I don't need to worry about listening again, or, or how does that work? You know, what's the importance of staying in tune? Because weather's so dynamic.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're making decisions that cost you thousands and thousands of dollars, like that, um, yeah. of, of time and effort and, and product and fuel and everything else, um, you can't look at a forecast on Wednesday and not look again for the rest of the week. Um, sure. That 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 would be detrimental to your plan. One thing that that everyone needs to learn very quickly is the weather change. The weather forecast changes every six to twelve hours, regardless sure. of how how good the meteorologist is, how good the data is. Um, the harsh reality of it is, is that it changes, and and what may be an inch and a half of rain on Wednesday could be a quarter inch of rain by Friday. And so it's, like I said, what's important is, is following the updates with the trends and seeing if each update comes out and the trend is getting lower and lower, then, you know, put two and two together that it's not going to be as much rain as what you once thought.
0: Um, So, So follow your forecast and follow those trends and, and try to use a little common sense there, but then, I've thought of it too, is that you wait until, you know, there's a point there where 24 hours or so you need to make a decision on whether you're going to plant into that and expose that corn seed to the risk of cold, wet weather or stop. And maybe if that's 24 hour period is critical, then that point is the best time to make that final up until then. It's just speculative.
1: It is absolutely. And, you know, you have to think about this too in life just generally in life you get what you pay for okay it, sure. what if if something costs more money it's because it's better um sure. gener, you know ninety nine percent of the time um and so when you're looking at free information and free um yeah and you're 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 basing decisions on your entire livelihood based on yeah. this free data um it's really not a good business practice at all. You know, sure. you really have to think about using as a business owner. You know, you, you're running a farm. You're a business owner. You have to run a business. Um, use all the tools that are available to you. You know, you, you wouldn't want to. What I'm saying is, is you don't want to. You don't want to wing it when it comes to the weather and and when you're trying to make critical decisions on your crop because it really can drastically impact everything.
0: For sure. And you know. and so, yeah, and that's what kind of tags me into this next question I was going to ask is, yeah, I agree with you. I think that we need to, and I, and I think that some of the things, too, is like listening to meteorologists, sometimes there is a disconnect, uh, at least for me, between what I'm hearing and how, actually understanding what is being said and how to understand that and measure that as a risk versus, you know, just taking that information I hear on Monday morning and expect that by Friday evening that, it's all going to go according to that plan and it's changes so quickly and differently, or it can. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And it's, you know,
1: I, I look at it this way, you know, what would you say, Wendell? I mean, on the average farm, you know, if how, how much, how much time and and effort and cost is going into putting seed in the ground? You know I mean? If, when you look at the, you know, when you look at that,
0: um it's probably quite a bit of money Um, yeah you know we're talking hundreds of dollars an acre so and and the thing about it especially with corn i think corn planting gets a lot more um, focused because it's kind of looked at as a one one shot you know you can go back and replant it but it don't ever seem to be as good as the first time soybeans you know you tend to well you you have you might have another shot at it you can fill it in but corn it's that's the that's the way it's going to be and so there becomes that great battle inside us as farmers that between um let's get this done so we can get done versus you know and missing out on that might be the last opportunity especially after 2019 you think that and and versus um let's how do we basically i'm just trying to figure out how to manage you know be a better risk manager versus looking at it as you know all in or all all out and yeah,
1: And I think it's important. And when you say a risk manager, I think that's really the perfect term for that because you're not going to get a crystal ball that's going to give you all the answers when it comes to weather. It's just not going to happen. But if you know what's on the table, you can make educated decisions. That that you know they may not. Your accuracy may only be seventy percent of the time, but it's better than twenty percent.
0: Sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well and, and by the way, we're recording. Um uh, Michael is um is recording via phone today. We're not actually both of us in this in in person. And I did hear a little bit of um cutting out here and there. Hopefully it's coming through good. Um but anyway, that's the reason. Moving on to our next question, the week's three and four outlook now show much above normal to above normal temperatures, so when I read that that means really hot in May, right like twenty eighteen maybe like nineties, or how do I read those maps that show above and below normals? yeah,
1: so you know you kind of want to categorize it as above normal maybe a degree or two above, much above might be three to four degrees above um, okay. excessively above maybe five to eight degrees above so. When you're looking at a 16- to 30-day period, which is basically a 14-day average, you know, if you're averaged out to be two degrees above average for 14 days in May, you're, you're going to be pretty warm. Um, sure. And so while I don't think we're looking at heat waves or anything just yet, I do think that the overall pattern shifts to a warmer regime as we get as we get into May. Um, something that's very interesting is – the Western Plains, the southern U.S., kind of the Western Plains all the way from north to south really have turned very dry the last few weeks, um, like 5% of the normal precipitation. Um, sure. And some of, some of our analogs and some of our research is suggesting that could be the origins of hotter and, and drought-like conditions that are going to start to develop very soon. Um, so that's a key area to watch is does that dryness expand, and does that does that promote higher pressure and, and, and hotter temperatures as we get into to that time frame?
0: Gotcha. And so that kind of kind of answers some of my second question in in this um, category is terms of precipitation over the next few weeks. Like, um, are we we're going to be able to plant? It sounds like, and we're not going to get too much delays like last year.
1: I don't think you're looking at that this year. I mean, you're going to get your average spring rains. It's not going to be dry by any means, in terms of in the in the, in the near future. Um, the drier risks come later in the summer, but in, in terms of the next four weeks, you know, you may battle a rain here or there, but I don't think you're looking at any major delays of any kind. I think it's I think it's about the best it's been
0: in terms of warmer weather, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, Fact, I'm remembering you said you said that clear back in February. I think we had a discussion on phone. I was asking you a little bit of a peek into spring, and you and I and you made the comment about it being just kind of right in the averages. And and I said, yeah, yeah right, right in there. So um, yeah. that's yeah. kind of holding true for our springtime.
1: So far, so good. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it and it has been better than even so far. We've been more fortunate, even though we've had a few of those cold, really cold. Um, changes or temperature changes and maybe some rain cold rain overall it has been um, beneficial to crop the weather has so uh, bam weather has been talking about the la nina event moving into place again and you've already touched just a little bit maybe on that into spring early summer what's taking place globally when this happens so
1: a La Nina event is the cooling of the Pacific Ocean waters along the equatorial Pacific Ocean near the equator. Um, when those waters become cooler than normal, the convection and the thunderstorm activity basically uh, cease to desist, if you will. It cease, it cease to exist, if you yep. will. Uh, uh, and and it, your, your trade winds change directions your, your global trade winds there go from westerlies to easterlies, and the, and the weather patterns change across the entire world. Um, so that's the world's largest pattern driver. Um,
0: so, you're, are you saying that um, from what it happens and kind of going to what it means here for the Midwest, does that mean you're, what you're saying is in the summertime, whatever, those pop up thunderstorms will be reduced because of that, or we get less fronts?
1: Well, there's no way to really know based on what I. Okay what what we're looking at in terms of la I mean the pop ups are really kind of mesoscale very small scale, very localized okay. phenomena. Um generally what this means is as the ocean waters continue to cool is that a warmer and, and hotter risk can present itself going forward. Um it sure. it shuts it shuts off the the subtropical jet stream, basically the moisture supply into the United okay. States.
0: Sure. Yeah. So
1: that that's the thinking is I think by July I think we're going to be looking at uh, La Niña at a La Niña um, right now. That's there's there's indications of that still kind of going that direction. So I don't think the growing season is is as friendly as it's been the last several years. And obviously last year wasn't friendly by any means. Sure. But in terms of actual pollination. Growing phases, you know, key key soybean weather into August. Um, Um, It's not looking, and as of right now, there's a chance it's just not going to be as ideal as as it needs to be.
0: So, in in the terms of does that impact hurricanes or in the Gulf?
1: Yeah, I think this year is going to be a very active hurricane season, Um, much above normal, probably Uh, more more major hurricanes, more named storms. Um, and some of those, you know, have the potential of, of bringing, of coming up into the to the U.S. into the coming into the growing regions, um, and you know uh, that can bring that can you know as well as everyone else does that can bring disease and all kinds of stuff with it as it comes up from the south. So sure. uh, there's all kinds of things that, that that can play into that, but I definitely think the second half of the growing season there's going to be an enhanced risk for for tropical storms to work up into the midwest.
0: Sure. That'll be interesting to see. Sometimes I know in 2012, I think the soybean crop was saved by a hurricane that touched this area and dropped life-saving rain. So it'll be interesting to see how their fall plays out. Anyway, um, one thing I wanted to mention before you go, as we're drawing to a close here on this interview is how awesome I'm finding the newly launched weather portal um that thirty six hour play by play the other night when we were expecting some showers to come through and I was out planting, it was very helpful in understanding when we were going to be facing that. Anyway, keep up that good work and in closing, is there anything else you'd like to add to our discussion today?
1: Awesome. Uh no, I appreciate it. I think it's the only thing I'll say is 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 as a farmer, it's very important to actually understand how weather works and how an actual weather forecast <laughs> Is, is made uh it's it's very important to, to know that you know sure your app your 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 tv station uh it just there's a lot more to it so it's good to educate yourself and know how you can as you said earlier manage your risks when it comes to the weather but i appreciate sure. you having me on
0: wendell yeah thank you michael you've always been very um uh, assume kind of a teacher role in your um, discussions on your long-term outlooks and explain enough terms anyway that I could act and talk and say these terms, you know, and it would sound <laughs> – it would sound uh, – <laughs> at least sound pretty technical. And and ha- I've learned so much about it and helped me better understand even – it helps make decisions when you understand the why behind what's going on. Absolutely. So, thank you, Michael, for sharing with us today. We hope to hear again from you soon. Thank you. If you've been listening to Agronomy Moment, we hope you have found this helpful. And if you did, please give us a five-star review. It really does help. You can find this broadcast and more historic podcasts online at topagservicescom forward slash podcast or podcast listening apps like SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This is a production of Top Ag Media, and Michael Clark and his BAM Weather team contributed to this podcast. However, credit goes to the many people involved in making information available to us to broadcast to our listeners. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions. We wish you a good day. This has been your host, Wendell Cohen.